Welcome to the eighth episode of the Hip Hop Rejects. I'm your boy Royalty. And hey, yo, it's your boy Young Fly Dinneris. We are an all hip hop podcast, and everything we discuss on this podcast is hip hop related or related to the hip hop culture. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to our podcast this week. Um, just like we always start off the podcast, I want to continue to thank you guys for all the love and support, all the shares and the downloads and the likes. I want to let you guys know, just continue to to share that love, spread the love of the podcast to anybody that you know, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. And like we always tell y'all, y'all continue to show us love, and we're going to continue to show y'all love. Yes, sir. All right. Y'all, what's been going on this week, man? It's been crazy, hectic after Labor Day week. Yeah, man. Same for me, man. Been sick, adjusting yeah. to the weather changing and stuff. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely true, man. I've been I know I've been going through I've been going through it all week long, from one thing to the next. And man, it's like shoot, we've been let you guys in on a little bit of inside shoot. We've been trying to hurry to get this podcast done because your boy Royalty got to get his wisdom taken out tomorrow. So I won't be talking for a couple of days. So. Yeah, I'll be sounding. I'll be sounding real different for the next about three or four days before we record again. So, yeah, he gonna be sounding like Kanye and Fifty. <sighs> Shoot, sounding like Mumbles in this month. <laughs> but uh, but that's yeah, that's what's been that's what's been going on with me. But uh, what you been listening to this week, y'all? Uh, to be honest with you, man, it's just been random. Been jamming the Pandora, you know, just put it on 90s hip hop station. So it's just been super random. Every light music from the 90s and early 2000s. So, you know, nothing in particular. Yeah, I would say same here. Um, I've been actually listening to the radio, which I normally, which I normally don't do too much. So I've been listening, I've been, you know, trying to get what's trying, trying to. What was going on? Um, I did jam the um, you know, Andy Mino just dropped a new record. Um, can't think of the name of it. Know what's I've got to get the name of it right now. Uh, but he has a new record he just dropped for another single that's off his Uncomfortable album that's about to come out. So I've been jamming that. That song is jamming. That's what's up. Um, I'm going to get that real quick before we move forward, just so I can just share that with the rest of you guys. Hold on a second. If I can pull it up. Yeah, no, that's right. That's the name of it. So, yeah, he just he just dropped that, like, this past Friday, actually. So I was jamming that, like, yesterday when I was riding around. Riding, okay. around, riding around the city. So, uh, let's see. But, yeah. So, uh, other than that, man, I ain't been shooting. Yeah, same here. I ain't been listening too much. Too much of anything. I don't even know. I've been listening to class shoot. My trips in the car lately has been pretty long. I've been listening to some other other my other favorite podcasts on my rides, my commute to to my nine to five. So I haven't really been listening to much of anything other than you know um, radio DJs talk. So that's about it. Okay. Okay. Well, I listen to um, 
as far as the podcast, I wouldn't really consider it a podcast, but I listen to the Breakfast Club daily. So yeah, I do. Yeah, I get that. I get that here. Uh, if I wake up early enough, <laughs> when I'm riding in the morning to to, to catch it. So yeah, I be mean, I listen to that. Those guys are great. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, as we mentioned that, guys, I uh, want to make sure you guys are, you know, participating in the show. We want to hear from you guys. Um, make sure you guys are hitting us up on um, on Twitter at the Hip Hop Rejects or on Instagram at the Hip Hop Rejects. Or you can just send, shoot us an email at the Hip Hop Rejects at gmail.com. Uh, send any of your questions, any of your suggestions for the show. Send them directly to our Gmail, and we will gladly either read them on the show, or and you actually may see, you know, some of your ideas may happen, you know, later on in the future in the show. Never know. You can also leave us a comment on our Facebook page, comments on the SoundCloud or Podbean. That is correct. <clears throat> All right, man. Let's get into this another very slow week in the game of hip hop. It's been it's been things here and there, but nothing just like just been setting the world on fire. But got a couple of things we're gonna talk about today. Um, we got the boy Plies is got into with the boy Young Thug off uh, on Instagram because it was Young. Correct me if I'm wrong. Some little girl that he posted on Instagram, but come to find out that it was Young Thug's daughter, and I'm trying to figure out how how is why is Plies little daughter in vicinity of Plies. I'm, I'm I'm so confused. Okay, the deal is a video was posted on Instagram of Young Thug's daughter. And the only thing she was saying is, I'm tired as a motherfucker. That's all the little girl was saying. And um, Plies reposted the video and said that's how he was feeling at the time. It was just he was tired as a motherfucker. Uh-huh. Well, Plies didn't know that was Young Doug's daughter because the little girl is actually kind of cute. And you would not think that somebody that looks like Young Thug could spawn another human life that's actually cute. <laughs> well, dude, you know, sometimes, you know, in most cases, some ugly guys do tend to spawn a pretty kid, unfortunately. They they do pop out pretty ones every so often. Well, there's an old adage that people used to say that Two ugly people make a pretty baby, so the mama must be ugly too. So, anyway, Young Thug got upset because Plies posted it, and um, he didn't say anything too much negative. Young Thug say Plies called the little girl a bitch or whatnot, um, but Plies denies that he called the little girl a bitch, and um. So, Young Thug got on IG threatening Young Thug. I mean, threatening Young Thug got on IG threatening Plies. Plies responded and said, you know, if you was a real man, you would ask me to take it down and not threaten me to take it down. And I don't take kindly threats. So, Young Thug responded 
and uh, there's a lot of back and forth going. So just stay tuned to see how this little altercation over the internet with these internet thugs is going to fan out. Yeah, man, you know, this is either going to be one of two things. This is going to be either the, the, this is going to be the Plies comeback and he's going to defeat Young Thug and we're going to see the resurgence of Plies with his, you know, his busted baby records or it's going to be another, another attempt at some publicity from him. Well, in the famous words of the announcer from the old Batman series, Tune in next week to see if Plies responds to Young Thug next time on the Hip Hop Rejects. <laughs> but yeah, though, on the real. But um, <clears throat> that's kind of odd, though, man. It's like if a man reposted a video, I mean, people repost things all the time on social media. And, you know, how was that man supposed to know? It could have been reposted and reposted and reposted. And he could some he could have just, you know, it could have been just from somebody that, you know, he knew. And he was like, oh, you know, everybody, you know, if it's a, if especially if it was like a gif or anything like that or, you know, just something like a quick video. And it was like, just like he said, it could have been just how he was feeling that day. And, you know, some boys that be feeling themselves, the gremlin, AKA Young Thug decided he wanted to, you know, put his chest out and want to act all hard on the internet. So, sidebar, right quick. What's up? What baby find these cats at? Um, Birdman, whatever you want to call him. Man. Did he actually, Lil Wayne was already a gremlin himself. So, did he actually pour water on Lil Wayne and spawn <laughs> Young Thug? To create a new gremlin, or even uglier gremlin. <laughs> yeah, because, man, like, like... Lil Wayne already looked like the gremlin that gave you the news on <laughs> the movie Gremlins, and he even spawned an even uglier gremlin. Like... Like, man. And then this gremlin can't even rap. <laughs> exactly. It was, it was a defect. <laughs> so who was the host of Lil Wayne? It's the question. I don't know. Probably he Wayne say Birdman hit daddy. So Wayne, I mean Birdman probably took a shower <laughs> at Spawn Wayne. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the saga continues with you know with Cash Money. Hey, another <laughs> thing though, um, I don't know. If, I know this may be a rumor. I'm not gonna you know put any you know validity into it. But I was hearing that it was something they were saying they took out. Um, I think it was like something with cash money. Something with the logo they took out, like either Young Money or Cash Money out of the Young Money logo or something like it was something like that that I heard. I have to, I, I kind of glanced at it, but I didn't really get a chance to read too much into it. But I'll I'll read into it and do a little more investigation, bring it back up, bring it back up next week. I just thought I mentioned it real quick. Yeah, speaking of Young Money, um, there's a rumor that Drake and um. Future are supposed to be doing a mixtape together. Yeah, did hear about that. So, so I guess. Well, this is know, gonna, this has been the finna, this is going to be the freaking no. This going to be this is going to be the the destroy the the meat nuke bomb because he been dissing with dissing both of those cats lately. Yeah, no, man, it's Hiroshima. 
on on Meek Mills. Well, Meek Melissa. So what that turns out to be. Yep, that's for sure. Yep, that's gonna be uh we'll see how that we don't wanna see how that pans out. All right. And also speaking of Drake, Drake is being blamed for Serena losing the US um US Open? Yeah, he being blamed for her lost in there saying it's his fault. He was distracting her. Yeah, how are you gonna blame this man for this woman's game that she's perfected for over the years? How is you gonna I mean it could be the old the old football rule. I mean those who, those who used to play sports. I can only think you used to have to, you used to have to refrain from activity. That's why I say I can only think that he gave the night before or early in the day, mm-hmm. gave her that grade A USDAD. So and just messed the game up. It's okay. I always got next year. <laughs> so hey well, Paul, hey, if, if he did then hey I mean I just add this is adds more more points on his scorecard so high bravo, five Drake exactly bravo to Drake on that one alright man so we got uh, my boy the game documentary 2 um, was scheduled to come out um, September this month uh, but there's rumors swirling that it got pushed back to October 9th Kind of upset about that because I was really anticipating the album. So I mean, if I gotta wait. I gotta wait. What? Probably about three more weeks for it. So gotta wait three more weeks for it. Uh, we got the boy DMX. DMX is still locked up, but his son has been selling his platinum albums on eBay, and I don't know. I don't know if DMX son knows DMX like we the fans know DMX because when DMX get out, it ain't gonna be pretty for him for his son. I can hear that X now. I can hear Dark Man. Hey, old son. <laughs> yo, yo, who told you to sell my platinum plaques? Nah, he gonna nah, he gonna get at him for real once he get out of jail. Once he oh shoot, once he finds out if he don't shoot, if he don't end up, you know the how the prison system is nowadays. Shoot, he probably didn't read it on read it on a hip hop blog by now. You know what though, man? I would really like to see a reunion of the Rough Riders. Well, we did. I mean, we had that during the cipher. How many years ago was that? That was probably about three years ago at this point. No, nah, I'm talking like an album. Like, like an album? Uh, yeah, an album. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would. The yeah, album would be would be pretty cool. Get all of them back. DMX, Locks, Eve. Drag On. Drag On. Swiss. Swiss, yeah. That was yeah. basically the whole Rough Rider crew right there. Yep, sure was. Man, they used to have some used to have some fire records, man. Yeah. They're gonna make me a playlist of that. Just bump that for a for a good minute. Maybe my favorite rough my favorite song off any of the Rough Rider compilation albums to this day is Drag On and Twister, Twisted Heat. So, favorite, you know favorite favorite record. 
has the boy Cassidy on there with Ron Isley. Big business. That's what's up. I can dig that. Because the boy Cassidy, because Cassidy used to, I don't, I, I don't know, can you really say that Cassidy was a, was a rough rider? Because, I mean, he was with Swiss. I guess you could. I guess you probably could classify him as a rough rider almost. I mean, he he repped full surface more than anything. Yeah, because yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he was the man. He was one of the main and probably the only person on, on full surface. But, um, yeah, that, that record, because that man, it was just so many great MCs on that record. Plus, you had the boy Ron Osley on the hook, and yeah, great record. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, we got, uh, so Fat Joe had admitted that he had passed on signing Eminem like six times. Um, there was some uh, something that came out that said uh, Eminem had, you know, was trying to, you know, he had submitted his demo to him a bunch of times, but he turned him down. And I know Joe was saying he was kicking himself over 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 not signing him, over not signing him now. I'm like, I bet you are. You know what though? I think <clears throat> that's just what you call destiny because M probably wouldn't have been as legendary as he is now had he been signed to Fat Joe because Dre took him and did something that the game had never seen before done with a white rapper. Yeah, he just would have been another. I think he probably would have just been another. He would have been just another phase because Joe, his legacy, because Joe's legacy is, is his Joe's, Fat Joe's legacy is forever and forever will be part of his affiliation with Big Punk. That's right. He ain't, he ain't stepping out of that shadow no how bad he wants to, he's not. He's a good he's a good MC, don't get me wrong, but that's who he's paired with forever in time in hip hop. It's not gonna change. And right. with if him and them would have been if he even would have thought of even, you know, getting Eminem if he would have I think Eminem probably would have been just another white rapper that was getting it that was getting into the game. I don't you know, it just depends on the again, it really just depends on the machine that's by that's behind to, to get him out there and what they would allow them to do. Cause um I think Fat Joe Terror Squad was a Def Jam affiliated, which is universal. So, yeah. So I mean well I mean it probably could have worked out because Interscope is is because in retrospect, he still Eminem is still would have been on the same umbrella, but Interscope Records, which is what Aftermath is under, which is a Universal company as well, Jimmy Iovine, it would have you know it still would have been his decision altogether. But it just probably would have went through a different couple of different channels. But I think yeah, Dre was the better fit though. Yeah, and then Dre had the opportunity to just work with him one-on-one and because he didn't have any other projects or artists to tend to. So yeah, the time that's what, yeah, so that's what he had Drake undivided attention pretty much. Mm-hmm. Man, you know, think about it. Like I remember um, who else that passed up on an artist that they could have signed? Um, I know Nelly said Diddy passed on him. Yeah, yeah, Nelly said did it passed on him because he was trying to get he was trying to get signed by 
bad boy at one point, and did pass on him, and he said he wish he wouldn't have. Well, I I think in the game it's a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, you yeah, know, for sure. So, I mean, El Kuzey shopped his stuff around a long time before Russell Simmons actually gave him a chance. But you know that was in the beginning stages of hip hop, so yeah. No people, you know, it's hard. It was a probably hard for getting anybody to be even potentially to believe in, you know, hip hop at that time because labels, you know, you getting, you know, even like now to get a label to take a chance on any type of idea, you know, let alone back then when it was something that people had never even heard of. They probably didn't know how to market it, right? So they didn't know they didn't know what to do with it. They were so used to. Everybody was so used to disco and you know all everything else and rock and all of that, so they didn't know what to do with it. All right, so we got the boy Ti dropped a new EP this past Friday. Haven't got a chance to listen to it. Been kind of sickly for the past couple of days, but I will be listening to that tomorrow while I'm recuperating. Um. And I will definitely check that out and let you guys know how that is. Uh, Young, have you heard it? No, called, I haven't. Called the, it's called The Nick. Yeah, I haven't heard it yet. Uh, I'm going to get around to trying to get my hands on it. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's actually everywhere. I think it's, I think originally, I know when I first saw it, I, I heard it was first it was, it showed up on like, Apple Music first, and then I kind of got pissed. And then when I found out it was everywhere else, I was like, okay. Because, you know, we had that conversation before. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, but yeah, I'm looking to hopefully listen to that. Um, it's pretty good to give me some, uh, get my hands on some new TI. That's always a good thing. Um, let's go to our next segment, which is the top five rap billboard. Uh, top five rap billboard this week has pretty much been the same for quite a while, but it's just been a lot of jumping around. But we got this week. I'm gonna make this real quick. We got on the top. We got on the uh, number five. We got the boy K Dot Kendrick Lamar with To Pimp a Butterfly. And number four, we got J Cole Four Seal Drive. We got the boy Drake drop back down to drop down from the number two spot of last week. If you're reading this, it's too late. We got the boy Future drop, jump back up to number two with DS2 Dirty Sprite. And we got Compton still holding the number one spot, not going nowhere at number one. It's like, man, these. I think this is probably going to round a year out because I think, let's see, what's the oldest album that's on this top five list? I know it's not Compton. I, I know J. Cole. 2014 Force Drive. Because didn't Force Drive come out, what, like earlier in the year, like January, February? Something like that. Yeah, let me go. Hold on. Let me check something real quick. I want to see how long, how many weeks this has been on the billboards. Yep, 39 weeks. And he's been, shoot, he's been floating up there. He been, he's been top 10 for like all year long. Like, kid you not, I don't think he's dropped in. I don't think he's dropped past the. I don't think he's dropped past top ten yet. Yeah, um, J Cole got some got some hits on that album, man. It's a nice album. 
surprising them. I'm like, I want to see like if he's if he's gonna get. I want to see how this is gonna work out for him at the at the BT Hip Hop Awards coming up next month. Speaking of the BT Hip Hop Awards next month, uh, the Hip Hop Rejects will be doing our first live stream of our podcast on night of the BT Hip Hop Awards. We will be live right after the show, going live immediately right after they end the show. And we're going to talk about everything that went down at the show. So make sure you guys tune in and tune in for that live. Uh, we'll have more information on our Facebook to let you guys know how that's going to go down. And if you guys want to participate, you know, ask questions, you know, mention things that you just you saw on the show. We'll be able to provide you guys more information as we get closer to that date. All right, man. So let's, our main topic that we're going to be talking about tonight is going to be pretty lengthy because we've been staying in the South for all our lives and it's going to be talking about the Southern hip-hop. Righteous, righteous. With Southern hip-hop, man, I'm going to go ahead and if you don't mind, Royalty, I'm going to kick it off. Back in the okay. early, back in when the early 80s, mid-80s, when hip-hop first jumped off, hip-hop was mostly on the east and the west coast, you know, wasn't nobody trying to get us off any love. They basically just saw the South as a bunch of country bumpkins. I don't even think they were really doing too many shows in the South. So around the the, the late 80s, Rick Rubin, one of the founders of um, Def Jam Records, he signed the Ghetto Boys and produced them. You know... Oh. Hmm. No, I said, huh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Rick Rubin, you know, reached down south, down to Houston, Texas, the original mecca of the Southern hip-hop movement, and signed the Ghetto Boys. All right, not long after that, the Two Live Crew hit the scene in the late 80s, and, you know, we gave y'all a hip-hop legend, Luke Skywalker, Uncle Luke, and, and told you how he revolutionized the game. And, you know, not long after that, um, a lot of people started going to Houston more more than anywhere else to get their hip-hop, you know, to, in the South to do hip-hop, which gave you, like, people like UGK and 8-Ball and MJG, you know, Jay Prince and Scarface, they they are some of the godfathers of the Southern hip hop movement. Exactly. Not long after that, you had um, Outkast came out. Three Six Mafia came out around about the same time Outkast did. Outkast was more mainstream, if you want to say that, but Three Six was more underground. At the time, and at the time, three six had DJ Paul, Juicy J, um, um, Country Black, Kusta, Lord Infamous, Player Fly. I mean, they were so thick. It was a lot of cats in that group. I can't think of everybody off the top of my head, but you know, it was so many of them, and you know, over the year. Over the years, they got smaller and smaller, but 
Three Six Mafia were the originators of the crump music. Not Lija. A lot of people got it got it mixed up. That that club music, that fight music, that that music that make the the clubs jump with those cold dark beats, all that bass, all them snare drums and stuff. That was Three Six Mafia. Um Tear the Club Up tracks. I'm just yeah, all of those those originated with DJ Paul and Juicy J as the producers. Um, it wasn't to the to the early two thousands that Atlanta became the new mecca of the hip hop movement in the South. But before that, Master P down in New Orleans began to revolutionize revolutionize the the hip hop game, and it looked for a minute. Like it was going to either be between New Orleans and Memphis, where the new Mecca was going to be, because other than UGK, wasn't too much coming out of Texas anymore at yeah. the time. I mean, Texas had Houston had its music going, but it was because of DJ Screw that it 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 was starting to become mainstream in the south but it was underground everywhere else yeah that, so, that, that, that's one thing about the whole houston thing is like during that time now that you mentioned with the whole you know one that it was going to be new orleans or memphis that was going to be the new you know new as you could say the new you know you say the mecca of the south what kind of hurt houston is kind of like they kept they kept their music in the in the south at some point they kept it they kept it to themselves for so long when they should have, when they should have like, it should have branched out and kind of, they can kind of made it mainstream because as you know, young, you know, when they finally did come out and go mainstream, a lot of the, a lot of the, the heavy hitters from Houston, like your flips, your chameleon, like your slim thug, like your Paul walls, your, your Mike Jones and stuff like that, you know, out of all honesty, I love, of course, you like, you know, I love me some community, but like, like the Houston cats that were like the heavy hitters from the screw game, they didn't, they didn't last in mainstream very long. They were like, oh, they was almost like here and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Because we down in the South, we heard all that underground stuff, everything. Yeah. But before the rest of the nation and the rest of the world got a hold to it, it was too late. It was like starting to fade out. It was almost a dying breed, you know? Yeah, because screw it, because screw floated, even though, you know, screw and it made its way up north into like New York and stuff like that. It had made its way up there, you know. Because, you know, that's just how music, when it's underground music, that's just really just how it, that's how it travels, you know. Eventually, you know, it may be a South thing, and y'all, they may keep it to themselves, you know, in Houston, but it eventually made its way up to New York, and everybody kind of heard that sound. And, you know, you got to, like, you know, music, as it always is, you got to evolve, man. Yep. And, and so I think, and, then, and I kind of think that's what kind of led to the short reign, you know, when, you know, everybody was behind Houston when they finally did come out because the cast that everybody was, you know, fans of from the from the Houston Underground 
And when they did finally get out and they get they got signed to majors and either the albums didn't do well or, you know, they, you know, they got into certain issues with the majors and, you know, things just didn't work out. And, you know, you didn't really see them anymore. They, or they went back to the underground and just kept and They just stayed indie for the most part. Right. And see, the first time I heard of DJ Screw was on Master P's Ghetto D. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Master P mentioned him a couple of times because Master P actually went to Houston to get his feet off the ground. He went to actually went to California to get his feet off the ground, but he went to school in Houston. Mm-hmm. So that's how he knew Bum B, Pimp C, DJ Screw, Jay Prince, all of them. And see, man, I wish, like, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm in Houston, and this is where I've been for, been where for, I've been for quite some time, and I kind of wish that it would go back to being, you know, what it was, because even, you know, Jay-Z used to mention it in the 90s, you know, going to Houston, and of course, example, him and B on Big Pippin, you know, I'm pretty sure he had to make his way out here to, out here to Houston at some point, and... I wish, you know, it could go back to being that way because, but the thing is, like, they've, I think in some instances, like, you got a lot of indie labels, you got a lot of independent labels, which you got Rap-A-Lot, which is the only one that's out of Houston. Of course, you got Music World, but that's, you know, Music World is kind of more of a, more, more strictly R and B. They don't do too much, too much anything with hip hop per se. Um, but you don't, you didn't have any with all that talent that came out of the out of the DJ Screw era. You didn't have a lot of. I know you had a bunch of you had a bunch of rappers and MCs that came out of that movement, but almost kind of like in a sense, like, man, it's like with a flower, you didn't have a lot of seeds come out of that that got planted and that created some other things to help the movement of hip-hop grow in the area. Right. So it kind of, so right now, Houston, it kind of stayed the way it was. It's just, it's still the same cats that are, or some younger cats that's trying to do something, but they're not really doing anything because, you know, a certain label just just got everything on lock, right? And I'm not and I'm not saying that it's rap a lot that's got down. I'm saying it's just that's just the scene how it is right now. And I'm you know I'm hearing a limit. There's not a lot of if you're into music, if you're into music, the place to be. Most people are gonna say is Atlanta. Yeah, but, but with Atlanta, it's so. It's so oversaturated because Atlanta is turned into Black Hollywood. So everybody that that either that you know I ain't gonna go to LA because you know because the cost of living is too much. You know I can go over here to ATL and you know and make it. And it's just it's just a bunch of people with the with the same thing that's going on around there. Righteous. See. um, Atlanta started getting its buzz around the time the Freaknik started going on. That's what started making a lot of black people move to Atlanta, young black people at that. And uh, Jermaine Dupree and So So Del popularized the um, 
the freak Nick and you know him and the brat, which she's from Chicago, but you might as well say she was in Atlanta for so long that she's an AT alien. Yep. And um Outcast put Outcast and Goody Mob put Atlanta on the map. When, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Outcast, Goody Mob, you know, the Dungeon family. Yeah. Let's see who else we got out that came out of the Dungeon family camp? You got Cool Breeze. CeeLo. Yeah, CeeLo. And, you know, interesting fact, people, if you didn't know this, you know, some people that are, you know, kind of lukewarm on the boy Future, Future's original, you know, dungeon name is Future Hendrix. He is a member of, he is a member, he came from the Dungeon family. A lot of people don't know that, but I thought I'd throw that fact out there if you didn't know. Okay, okay. Uh, we're back to the the migration to Atlanta. A lot of people, if you know your black history, a lot of people know the Great Migration was when a lot of Southern blacks moved up north. Well, in the early 90s, a lot of black people started moving to Georgia. And the main place they went was the Atlanta area, the Marietta, Stone um, Mountain area, you know, all those places. And like I said, Jermaine Dupree. And his so so they'll found popularized um Atlanta in their music. Outcast did. Outcast was the first rap group from the South to win at the Source Hip Hop Awards. They beat out um anybody from Bad Boy and they beat out everybody from Death Row with the best rap album of the year. So, you know, during that East Coast, West Coast war. That's when, you know, the South started getting recognition. And it's very slowly you start seeing a lot of West Coast artists and East Coast artists try to do music with Southern artists. It was a slow, very slow process, but it began to take its shape. And I'll say around 99, 2000, when Lil' them started to show their heads, uh, the emergence of T.I., Young Jeezy, mm-hmm. and uh, the birth of the trap music era. That's when Atlanta actually exploded. You know, they it's, it's just like every artist, the Young Jocks, the uh, Gucci Mains, everybody just was coming out of Atlanta, Jody Breeze. I, it's, it's so many artists. I'm starting to lose focus on naming people. Yeah, it's so many artists that came out of Atlanta, man. You can't even. You got what? Shorty Low. You got. Man. Um, shoot. I'm saying, wait, dude. I'm like, you start to lose focus. But there's just so many people that came out of that, that, that come straight from out of Atlanta. And then, you know, then you got, then, you know, after, after Atlanta, you know, had its time, you know, let's say, what, 04s, 05, then you had Florida popping up on the map, too. Right. It, you know, I say, I say it like this, Florida, Mississippi, Tennessee, and the rebirth of the Houston rap movement all happened at the same time because 
they were all seeming like they were working together. It sounded like it, it felt like the South had started working together. That's when you start seeing record labels like Def Jam South or, you know, Bad Boy South. Yeah, G Unit South. You know, so much talent in the South. They had to come up with their own. They had to come up with divisions just for the Southern region because it was pumping out so many, so many different artists. Because, like, just from like Florida, man, you had. That was when, you know, Flo Rider came out. You had when I know Rick, Rick Ross. Walls. Uh, you had... Um, Trick Daddy, Trina. Yeah, Trick Daddy. You had Trina. You had Pit Bulls. Like, you had so many, so many people, you know, come up out of the Florida scene. You had, oh, else? I can name a couple, a couple more cats out of Florida. I know I got, uh, who else? C-Ride. You got... Um, Man, so many different cats. Um, yeah, Briscoe. Yeah, um, Briscoe. I was, was names on tip of my tongue. Briscoe. It's like you had so many. Ace Hood. Ace Hood. Yeah. So you got so many. Lies. Lies. You got so many cats about about of Florida, and then of course you know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you know Mississippi. Of course, we. You know, you had you had D Banner, and of course you had Creed. Those those really are the main two that that that. Came up out of Mississippi, um, Alabama, of course, during the 90s, we had, you had Bubba Sparks. And, Rich Boy was in the mid-2000s. Yeah, Rich Boy was in the mid-2000s. And we, now you got Yellow Wolf, which is, of course, from Alabama as well. Right. And you got him. And then, of course, you know, Memphis, you got you got 3-6, which started it. You got... Um, you got Tila and you know, Eight Ball, MJG. You got Yo Gotti. You got shoot man. And then you go to Nashville. You got um, Star. You got uh, Starlito. Mm-hmm. Um. Then you also had Young Buck coming up out of yeah, you Tennessee. Got Buck. Yeah, you got Buck. And I don't know. See, I I see St. Louis. They they're saying they're part of the Midwest, so I don't know if we classify them as part of the South because I think St. Louis is the border of the Mason Dixon line. So but then not counting them as part of the South when you go over to North Carolina, you got Petey Pablo, yeah. J. Cole. Yeah. You know. I mean, it branches out across the spectrum of the entire South. And the the music history of the South is rich. And when I say it's rich, it's a gold mine down here, man. But you man. know what though, you know what though, when you when you mentioned about like I like the how the how the geography of the United States is, how it's sectioned off, you know, a lot of the times, you know, because like with VA and you know Carolinas and stuff like that, I think they almost classify themselves as their own region or either as all either as East Coast. And then like you were saying, like with St. Louis, you know they. But it's like okay, you got Midwest, but man, don't nobody else come out of the Midwest. You don't come out of St. Louis, or you don't come out of nowhere else because there are there aren't any other places. Well, you got Chicago, and a lot of artists came out of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, 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 you know. okay. Yeah, you probably say that because you know, I mean, you know, Houston. They tend to say themselves they're the third, they're third coast, which you know they don't try to classify themselves as the South sometimes because they're they're South, they're in the Southwest region. But 
Hey, still south. So, well, you know, like Pimp C said, <laughs> the South don't do rap. We do country rap tunes. <laughs> That's very true. So you know, but yeah, man, you know, with that, with that being said, you know, with with hip with with southern hip hop and everything, man, it's like the tracks that that they were just like uh that they would just come out with at the time. I know when certain cats like TI with I'm serious, man, it's like I believe I ain't gonna say one of TI's best track, but it was one of the tracks that's kinda like I just kinda like Felt and knew I can probably tell you probably which one of your favorite tracks from Ti that you probably think is, think is your favorite. What's that? Rubber Band Man. No. Um. Hold on. I know trap music is your favorite though, because I know you used to jam that junk a lot in high school. Trap music, my favorite Ti album, but Ti versus Tip is my favorite song off of trap music. Off of trap music, okay. Now I'm just saying, I know trap music was your favorite. I know you used to you used to jam that religiously. Um, but yeah, man, it's like with you know with southern hip hop, but I just think like the whole Atlanta thing though, like with Atlanta, I feel like it's so over. I feel like it's so overly saturated with everybody tends to run there, and it's just like another fish in the pond. It's like you going to a place where everybody's going. To hopefully, you know, get discovered, and if they don't get discovered, you know, if they don't, the thing is that they don't, if they don't get discovered. Then it's like it was almost like a waste. And I've seen, I know artists that are like that that have been out, that have gone out to Atlanta. And we're not there because they felt like, oh, because, oh, yeah, it's popping, you know, going to get a deal or whatever. And they still out there and they haven't got a deal and they still in the same spot they've been in. Yeah. One of the things I, I know this for a fact. Like the the way see Big Crit went out to Houston and that's how he got really put on. David well, Banner had to go to Atlanta because as a as a Mississippian, he wasn't getting any real love. You know, we weren't used to artists coming from our own state, so we weren't really jamming them. And he went out to Atlanta and did tracks and was doing. He got known for a producer as a producer, and when people started hearing his beats, that's when he started making money. He produced his own first album. And it was a success, and that's what helped Mississippi get on the map. It, I mean, the one of the major problems in the South is is that crab, that crab in the crabs in the barrel mentality. Some of us don't like to see each other get to the top, so we try to pull them back down. But the the difference between Houston and Atlanta is that they willing. Well, back then they were willing to let somebody else get to the top to put on for their city and then bring everybody else along with them. They and, and it's not like that now because it's so saturated now. But yeah, back but then... Yeah, even then, also at the same time, Young, it's like, 
you know, just to give an example of, you know, what a David Banner went through to get on, even in the surrounding outside, you know, Southern states and stuff like that, you know, everybody that's in the music game kind of know is like the music, the music industry. Yeah. There's money that exchanges hands and yeah, you know, people don't get paid for whatever it is, whatever it is that they do, you know, but a lot of the times, a lot of things in the music industry are most of the time based on favors and a lot of people, for example, Mississippi probably don't understand and grasp that concept yet that you got to go just like when a lawyer first gets into the law game, sometimes you got to do a little bit of pro bono work before you start making that, making that money or making that, or even just making that big check in general. And I think a lot of, I think a, a lot of young cats coming up in the game, being producers and things of that nature, it's not shortchanging yourself. It's just practice. That's all it is. It's just practice. And it's promotion. Yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's like, it's almost like interning for something, man. You gotta, sometimes you gotta get out of, get out here and work free or get your album away for free just to get into, just to get into the hands of people. Sometimes you're not going to always get paid or you're not going to always get that, get that money initially in the very beginning. Sometimes, right. sometimes just like when in any person that's an entrepreneur that starts a business that has a business, man, everybody know the first year you're going to lose money and, and the music game ain't no different. Like you gotta go, you gotta go in with the mindset that you're not you're not finna go become a man overnight. It's just not gonna happen, right? Well, to get into the different eras of the southern hip hop movement, I mean, at first, like I said, in the early '80s, I mean, late '80s, early '90s, it was more. Uh, the Miami bass scene and the gangster music from Ghetto Boys and the mid-90s, I mean, well, early 90s with the emergence of Outkast and the first 3-6 album, it wasn't so much of being gangster music, it was more of cruising music, you know, putting our southern laid-back attitudes on tracks, you know, same thing with UGK it was more laid back and it wasn't until like the mid nineties and into the two thousands that you start hearing that crunk music, that club music that, that get the club moving and get the crowd jumping, or you just, know, or just knock somebody out and hit them in the face in the club music. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, man, that was, that was a great thing about, that was the great thing about that. That era of Little John, man, it was just, just, man, that was just some, I don't know, man, that music just put you in a place, even if you ain't never, even if you ain't never been in a fight in your life, you just wanted to go punch somebody in the face, just because, just because that's how, how the music made you feel. Yeah, when Little John and them came out with Put Your Hood Up, I remember, I would think I was still like, showing your high or something like that, mm-hmm. and down in the south, you gotta. At the time, it was just mostly gangsters and vice lords. 
So you here and put your hood up and you got gangsters on one side, vice lords on another side, and they throwing up VL and they throwing up G and five minutes later you gotta fight. <laughs> yeah, it's like you like, like throw your hood up. Don't don't no, just don't. Just don't. And then and then when oh, DJs yeah. and when and when DJs, I know this from a fact from when I was in college, um when Lil Jon them had Scrappy and all of those cats with them, when a DJ didn't want to be in the club till closing, he knew how to shut the club down. Is that he would play a Lil Jon song, a Lil Scrappy song, a Lil Jon song, a Lil Scrappy song, and he knows somebody gonna get to fighting, and that's gonna shut the club down. He can pack his stuff up and go home and still get his full chick. Like. So. But like study, well study about to get on my level and all this other stuff. Right. So you know, man. But those, what it was, it was fun music, you know, and it was the type of music that even though you probably got into a fight or something, it had your adrenaline pumping. It was the type of music that put a smile on your face that make you on your boys click up and sync up and y'all be on the same page. Even if y'all just riding in the car and you, and that song come on the radio or something, if somebody having a bad day, that song lifts your spirits up because your boy's getting excited and then you're going to get excited because your boy's excited. So, you know, it was one of those type of movements, man, which, which has distinguished the South from everybody else. That's why more artists work with people from the South. Now, if you notice anything, New York is not the forefront of the music, hip-hop business no more. The West Coast is not the forefront of the hip-hop business no more. The the hip-hop, the new mecca of hip-hop is in the South. All the trends, everything is being set from down here. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, one thing I do wish, though, I mean, like, you know, being that the South is that, being that mecca of, you know, of hip-hop, I, can't, I you know, this is just something, this is just, you know, anybody that's part of a major label or knows someone that's part of a major that's listening, put your labels, put subsidiaries of your labels in the South. Because if you're looking for talent, you know, having a talent trying to go all the way up to New York or or even somebody that wants to be in the business in general, it may not even be just to be a rapper or anything of that nature, but just to be part of the music game. You know, you guys may want to think about, you know, yeah, your headquarters for your label can be in New York or L.A. or wherever it may be. But if, you know, being the South is the place for hip hop, you know, you may want to start putting some of your some of your labels, some subsidiaries of your labels, like down in the south, to have you know just to have A and R's, you know, just in the in the major cities like your Houston, like your like your Atlanta, like your Dallas, and stuff like that. You know, just to be able to discover talent. I always thought that was like a crazy. That was like the craziest thing about it. You know, people are always so you know. People so very bandwagon when it came to southern hip hop music, but they would never; these labels would never put in the effort to 
to get them and sign them, you know, a lot of a lot of it, a lot of Southern artists at this point in time in the in the game of music, a lot of them are in, are independent now. A lot of right. them, a lot of them are too many too much diss only very and most of the I say most of the major hip hop artists that are from the South are typically with uh, Def Jam. Yeah. Most of them. Big Crit, Rick Ross, who else? Um, T.I. is sort of limbo a little bit. I think he's like he has like a little uh, different little deal going on with Sony Music right now. Um, who else we got? Jeezy with Arista. No, nah, Jeezy's Def Jam still. Oh, he's still Def Jam? Yeah, he's still Def Jam. Yeah, he's still Def Jam. And, if, and even if it was, no, nah, because I don't think he's not, no, nah, he's not a Sony artist. Because Aris is part of Sony. I don't think he's a Sony. I think he's still Def Jam. Um, Two Chains is another Southern hip hop artist out of ATL. Def Jam. So, I mean, Def Jam pretty much got it sold up when it comes to comes to the hip hop artist for the most part. And, you know, come on, well, Def Jam. Def Jam was the first major label to actually show love to the South, though. Yeah, so, but I don't. But yeah, I don't even think. Uh, I don't. Th- I think. Want to say they closed down Def Jam South the division Def Jam South. They just still work out of just Def Jam. You know the, the label itself. But I don't. The Def Jam South division. I don't think even exists anymore. Not in, they dissolved it like some years back. So, but you know, I just think it would be just a you know a great idea to them to start planning labels in the South. To kind of flourish that education of hip of just the music business in general, and not to have always have these these young minds that are interested in music have to always run up to run to California, New York to to get that experience that they've been looking for. Right. Um, some other facts about the Southern hip hop movement. If, if if anybody can recall, the South was mostly known. For pumping out decent R and B, you had your TLCs, your Ushers, you know, all that coming out of Atlanta, the R and B, and that was because of Babyface and L.A. Reid. Even they realized that the they had to start signing hip hop artists because of how popular it was becoming, and um, And I guess because they were down here, they lived down here, that they realized what they had to do. Yeah, they saw can't, can't really, kind of, kind of, really can't ignore it if it's you know if it's everywhere, right? You know, and the 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 concerts, people took their their plugs from the concerts. They seen how people came out, the festivals that the South would throw, the Capitol Beach party, the Freak Nicks, the Black Spring Breaks. Artists from the South would go and pro, uh, promote at these shows. And these were out before the New York summer jams and things of that sort. And here's the, you know, then that you bring up these festivals that, you know, that no longer exist, mind you, for the South. You know, other things, you know, being that, you know, I bring up, this is just something that I, that I thought of when you, when you said that, young. Out of all the stuff that 
you know, that we've done in the South. And I say we as in, you know, because we stay in the South and I kind of like include the South as a whole, as a whole, no matter if you could contribute it or not. Um, I kind of find it odd that we haven't put together, we haven't come together and did like some type of yearly annual like festival for the, for the South where New York, where New York does summer jam, which, you know, the surrounding area of New York to Jersey to Philly all would flock to that. But now Philly has the made in America festival, but then New York still has summer jam, you know, and the South does not the South does not have that still with all of with all of with all that the, the Southern hip hop has accomplished. Nobody has, nobody has yet to congregate together and put something like this on to get to, to bring like the South together as something like that. Well, royalty, I got a solution for that. How about we, the hip hop rejects, start putting it out there. We got the catalyst to do it and we see what stems from that. It don't it doesn't take but the bug in the ear to get to the right people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Hey, you know, me and uh me and Young Fly, we would definitely be on board of, you know, if anybody out there in the business world or in the music world would like to do some type of year annually music festival, hey, we would be glad to host it. Because the only Southern music festival that we still have yearly is the that's, Essence Music Festival. And that's, and that's partially R&B and you sprinkle yeah. in, they sprinkle in a little bit of hip-hop every so often. Right. But there's, um, there's no strictly straight-up hip-hop hip-hop festival like a, like a summer jam or nothing like that that goes on. I think there should be something in the South that's a, that's a summer annual event that people can look forward to every single summer and it needs to be somewhere centralized where everybody can go to it i don't think it should always i don't think it should be in atlanta because it's already crowded there i think it should just be somewhere centralized you know even if it can shoot even if it would be in houston because houston doesn't even really have anything like that um going on perfect the perfect place would be somewhere on the coastline um not quite new orleans not quite all the way in Florida, maybe somewhere like Destin, Florida, or yeah. Yeah, it needs to be. It needs to be somewhere, man. One of the one of the coast cities of Mississippi or yeah. Mobile, Alabama. Yeah, it needs to be somewhere where you know the surrounding area, and not an area that has that has people in it, but like somewhere where where also if it when it does come there in the summertime that particular community you know like oh man we're gonna like the businesses around there we're gonna definitely benefit when these people come out for this particular event you know where you know at the same time where it's also something that gives people something to do but also on the same on the same accord is gonna help and benefit a community financially and businesses when that when that event happens so or do it in a different coastal city every year yeah, you can have it. You can have it pop up every year, and it'll just it'll the that yeah, would be a great idea. Like it'll just be something where it'll it'll only be in the southern cities, like you know your Houston, shoot your Arkansas, your Louisiana, your Mississippi, Alabama, Atlanta, Florida, and so on and so forth. 
it'll be in those cities, but it, you know, they announce it at the end of every single festival where the next one's going to be. Right. That'll just, that just keep the anticipation, you know, of knowing where it's going, where it's going to be. You got to go, you got to go to know where it's going to be at. And you know, the artists, they're going to throw all these after parties and pre parties and, you know, it, it, it'll be something great. And like you said, it'll benefit the communities and the tax revenue of those cities where they can do, you know, they can rebuild, you know, a lot of cities on the coast of the South are still, you know, rebuilding from Hurricane Katrina. So, you know, something like something like that would greatly benefit those towns and cities. Hey, so, you know, sponsors, promoters, hip hop moguls and CEOs. Hey, give me all something to run with. Get the rejects involved in it. That's all we asking. Yep. Um, but yeah, man. Um, but then, you know, okay. So with, you know, with the whole, with Southern hip hop, like in the state of music now, because I think the whole the whole regional eras and the whole regional East Coast West Coast thing and like the the surging of you know Midwest like the Midwest music with Janellis and Chingies and stuff like that. Like now in music, do you feel that? Like even even now, do you even think I don't? I don't even think we even really, I don't think it's really even mentioned anymore as in the game of, of music, of hip hop in general about, you know, where artists, is, where artists hails from or anything of that nature is not held in high regard like it used to be. No, it's not. Um, because for a minute, I think that people started to notice that certain artists were selling just in their region. So, you know, they stopped doing it to sell nationwide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like you putting on for your region. Well, why should I buy your music if you're not going to rip my, my, no, going to rip me either. You know what I'm saying? So, when we when the South find I think that's what I think that's why a lot of West Coast and East Coast artists started working with Southern artists because when the uh Southern hip hop hip hop started booming, I think their record sales dropped because it was like we got our own music now. <laughs> yeah. We ain't gotta listen to y'all. We ain't gotta send our money way up to New York or LA when we got it, we can send it right to Houston, Memphis, Atlanta. Miami is all. Yeah, I knew at some point, I know some of the Southern artists, man, they would only tour in the South and they wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, tour up North. And I know, I know, for example, I know Eminem did that for, I know Eminem did that for a while. He would, for whatever reason, he would not tour in the South. He recently did, did that not too long ago. And I think that was like. A like, lot of the artists wouldn't tour in the South. They felt like they weren't going to get no money down here. Little did they know <laughs> that mm. when they did come down here, they had some of their most sold out shows. Yep, that's very true. That's very, very true. Man, 
But yeah, um, what would you say as far as currently right now in the game? Because most of our most of our southern hip hop artists that that we know that are the South are pretty much you know seniors in the game. Pretty much, who would you say like as far as a new cat would be? Would think would be like the next? Who do you think is the hottest right now out of the out of the South as far as as far as artists go, like hip hop goes? Uh, I gotta say, and he technically, he technically from the south. Mm-hmm. I know he in New York, but it would be Cole. It would be J Cole. Um, he North Carolina raised and born. You know, that's a southern state. Um. Man, and like you said, the rest of the cast basically seniors or not even in the game anymore. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true. I really can't think of nobody because it seems like everybody else is on that auto tune singing stuff, man. Like as a pure hip hop artist, I can I gotta give it to J. Cole, man. Okay. Honestly, um, Man, I don't even really. The only, let's see, out of the South that I can legitimately. Hmm. I would honestly, out of the South, as far as like new, and I wouldn't even really call him new because he's been around for a good little minute, but I still think he just needs. Some they just need to just light the fire. They just need to just let the reins off of me and just let him just go. It's Ace Hood. Mm-hmm. I think from I think from the south, he's probably he. I think Ace is probably one of the the coldest, youngest MCs out there. And I just think just because I don't know. And, and, and the thing that has me worried is because we the best is a cash money label now. Yeah. So is I think this is gonna be just that much harder for him to come out and drop anything because normally man, you know, AC, you get a mixtape from him like all the time, even if you ain't getting the album. So I think a, I think that's gonna be like a real, you know, kind of awkward situation. And another artist that I think if he had the reins released off him that they could be the next big hip hop artist is Big Crit. Yeah, Crit, I think just like in I think with Crit, Crit is just like he mentioned in in Mount Olympus. They think he's still he's trying to figure out what the I think he's still trying to figure out what they want. Because the game lately has been very, very very, I put it this way, fans in the game right now have, are, have been very bipolar with what they want. Yeah. One minute they on one thing, one minute they on this, one minute they on that, one minute they on this. So it's, it's and by the time, you know, by the time and how long it takes to make an album, 
or the, the, the computer exactly with the computer project it unchained and it's like you dropping it and it's like oh, I missed it. But you know what though, I respect Crit because it's one thing about the South that I do not like about our music. It's monkey see, monkey do. Yes, that's yeah. One person come out sounding a subtle a certain way, that mean everybody else coming out sounding a certain way. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's what it's been recently in the game. And um Crit has stuck to his guns and, and he's sticking to the way he do music. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, think yeah, I think he should stick to his guns, man. I don't think that honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with any of the music that Crit has ever made. I think he should stay. I think he should stay true to who he is because that's why he has a fan base that he has. Um, I don't like. I said I don't think he. I don't think he should change. I don't think he should go commercial or anything of that nature. I think he should just stay, stay how he is. That's. I mean, it's probably going to be a situation where it's just again. Sometimes some artists are just bigger than the label. Because as is his caliber and his 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 skill set is like a David Banner, because he can produce his own. He can produce his own records because he had to do it anyway. And see, that's the thing about artists that come out of Mississippi that have to struggle to get to where they are, because because you know being in Mississippi, there ain't a lot of producers to go to, and then if there are, they probably gonna try to screw you. Or anything, you know, just anything. It's just always a shady situation. So, therefore, the artists that come out of Mississippi, like a David Banner or Big Crit, they got to learn both sides of the coin. They got to be the producer and they got to be the artist. Right. And so they got to use that producing game to line their pockets so they can move out, so they can get to a better situation, so they can continue to pursue the MC, the craft of being an MC. Right. And, and so I feel that, you know, a rapper like a rapper like Crit, I got a feeling that's gonna probably that's probably gonna I think that's probably how his situation is gonna end with Def Jam. Yeah, it was a good thing, you know, years ago when he got signed, you know, I was happy that Def Jam had picked him up and all of this, but like sometimes it's just some people, it's some artists that are just their vision and who they are. They're just too, they're too big for a major. Right. As much as, as much as I respect Def Jam is what they've done, but it's just some artists that you pick up. It's just, they, they're bigger than that. And then unfortunately, you know, they're going to be bigger just being independent and doing their own thing. Right. Well, I think it's time to move on off this topic and keeping in tune with the topic. This weekend, my last dollar, I'm showcasing two Southern artists, the godfather of this Southern rap thing, Scarface with Deep Rooted, Deeply Rooted, and Rick Ross, the boss with Black Dollar. Yeah. Have you heard either one of these, Royce? Uh, let's see. Black Dollar, I started to listen to it, but I got distracted doing some other things. But the first track I did have Black Dollar was jamming, so I'm very I'm looking forward to to get back to get back into that. So I will definitely be listening to that. Um, I only heard um 
the song God off of Deeply Rooted and um, off Black Dollar. I just listened to some samples of a couple of songs because I haven't been able to like get the whole album yet. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody that know me know I'm not a big Rick Ross fan. But I got to go with Ross on this one. I like what? Scar- what? what? No face. I like face. True enough, I like face. I love face. But this album, it's his first album in a long time. But it just, I just wasn't feeling it. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't. I ain't have a lot of tracks. I was nodding my head to. You know. Is it that? Is it that old MC deal? Like you used to, you say, like you used to always say. Well, like you've said in previous, you know, previous podcasts about OMCs, you know, sometimes you just want to remember on a good note. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it's like, it's like he was trying to go back and be smile for me, Scarface, mm-hmm. but he just couldn't quite get there. He couldn't power up enough to get there. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, his power level wasn't over 9,000 this time. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Rick Ross, he and Maybach Music, you know, from what I was listening to, it sounds good. I was nodding my head. I like the production on the album so far. Um, the hooks were catchy. So, I mean, he was actually doing a little flowing. So, you know, I actually... Look, Rosé, look, listen to the rejects right now. Listen to royalty of all people. Rosé, all I want is a Port of Miami 2. That's all I want. Give me Port of Miami 2, I leave you alone. feel like Port of Miami was, like, one of the best albums you ever put out. Like, some of the other albums was kind of lukewarm to me, but Port of Miami needs you to go call up your boys Cool and Dre and get to work. Because I feel that if he, if he was to go back and just do a Port of Miami 2, man, that'll put him that'll put him in the right right spot right right now. Yeah, and he got Ross got one song that I've always loved, and I can't even think of the name of it right now. But the video is him sitting in the hotel room, and he got a bed full of food. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've seen this video. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God, man. I'm trying to remember the name of the song and I'm lost for it. Like, you sure this wasn't like a Rick Ross fantasy or something? Like no, no. <laughs> Rick, Rick Ross with a bed full of food? With Yo, he in a hotel room and he got like a, a hotel room full of food, man, and like he's snapping on the song, man. I had to go YouTube that one. And yeah, not to post that. Po- yeah, it'd be YouTube that one. We once we will. If we'll find also, it, like, also we'll like, find like, it first. We gotta post that on the. We have, we we gonna post that one on the Facebook. I gotta y'all gotta see that one because I, I definitely gotta see it. I don't I don't recall or remember this this video that he's referring to. He also I like uh, Maybach. I mean uh, Aston Martin music. I like that song. Yeah, that's one of my one of my, you know what the 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 the, the urban legend about that track is, 
the parts that Drake is on, that there was always a rumor that Drake Parr got cut because he he snapped on it more than than Rick Ross did. So they cut they cut part of his version off. Yeah, um, I. I had the version of that song, the verse with Drake on it. I think everybody went to go look for it once they heard that rumor that, you know, it got cut off. Yeah, I had that version. And Drake did snap, you know, Ghostwriter or not. But <laughs> <laughs> went in just... Um, another song I like of his is, um, I, I think it was on the Maybach... Um, music CD, not his solo. Uh, I think it was called Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. I like that song also. Um, oh my god, man! I'm trying to find this song right now. And I, I pretty much like anything he does with Wale on it because um, Wale seems like he got he be competing with Wale. Mm-hmm. On certain songs, and it brings out the the better flow of him because he don't want to get smashed on his own songs. <laughs> uh-huh. So you know, okay then. Well, when you do find that, you know, we'll post it up on the post it up on the YouTube and let let everybody out there that's listening to the podcast uh, have a look at what this. Uh, this fantasy Rick Ross video with food in the bed that you're talking about. Um, let's go on to our hip hop legend for this week, man. All right, man. This week, our hip hop legend is the man of many names. You can call him Sean. You can call him Puff Daddy, Pete Diddy, Diddy, Sean John. You can call him so many different names. I don't even know what's on his birth certificate. <laughs> oh man, that's that's ain't ain't the truth. It's like, man, what does how do men if he got all these different awards he probably got, they all got different names. Some say Diddy, some say P Diddy, some say Puff Daddy, some say Puffy. It's like Yeah, man, but you know, the founder of Bad Boy Records, he got his start at Uptown Records where he was an intern at where he was working for free. See what working for free can get you. Man, it's good now. He worked for free at one point in his life. Yeah, but you know, he got to start with Bad Boy. He, um, Biggie had gave him his, his, um, demo. And right when, before he gave it to Uptown Records, he got fired. So he used Big's demo to start Bad Boy. He went and got a loan and started the company. Um, after Big's death, you know, he kept pushing. He got Mace. He had Faith Evans, 112, Carl Thomas, Craig, Matt. You know, he had a squad. True enough. Then he tried to recreate and have another Biggie moment with Sean. Yeah, tried to do that with Sean. He yeah. had uh, Loom. You know, then he became Muslim. Yeah, but you know, think about Diddy. He's a hip hop legend because of the things he does as far as his culture. Because he was one of the first CEOs to come out with their own clothing line, which is Sean John. He now has his own 
TV station, Revolt TV. Big up to Revolt TV. Yeah. Um, but you can't keep an artist long at all. <laughs> well, no, well, that's been his previous track record. I mean, French Montana's bad boy. Machine Gun Kelly's bad boy. King Los is bad boy. But I think for the most part, I think when people were watching, really watching Bad Boy, people noticed that so much. But it's like now that not saying that people don't look at look at Bad Boy <coughs> any different as far as in the world of music. But I think people kind of look at I think with Diddy, you know, with the music game, he's proved over and over again that he can he can do it whether it be him himself being the artist or the entertainer, per se, that's going out there, you know, proving it all the time. I think he's, I think people, when they look at it, Diddy, it's like, okay, he's been there, done that with the music thing. I think people are more looking at, you know, his, his latest projects, which is Revolt TV and the Ciroc and stuff like that. So, so I think people tend to forget that, you know, French Montana, Machine Gun Kelly, you know, these cats are on, on, on Bad Boy. I mean, they've been on his label for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but to, to get back into him, himself, um, we recently seen that the bad they did the Bad Boy reunion at the BET Awards this past summer. Um, it was good to see all those old artists, like, look him. And um, you know, Mace before he and rapping like he was before he became a pastor. <laughs> and dude, like, you know the funny thing. You know the funny thing is about that. About that, you know, when they used to do award shows, and I don't know why they're doing it different this year. You know, since they showed the BT Awards, you know, I still haven't seen a rerun of that award show. Like as much as you know, as much as they used to show war shows in the past, they would run that crap into the ground every single holiday. Even yeah. on Labor, only I think even on Labor Day, I think I looked for it, didn't see it. So I've yet to watch that reunion that you're talking about. I have to freaking like YouTube it or something now just to go see what you're talking about. I, I know it was, I know it happened there, but I never like seen it. So yeah, yeah. Another thing about Diddy is uh, he has no problem dancing. <laughs> Yeah, that boy does his diddy pop. But uh, to get back to that Rick Ross song, it's called Mafia Music. Well, okay, okay, I know what you're talking about now. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, but uh, with Diddy, um, I gotta say I got much respect for the man in acting, his hustle in the clothing game, his hustle for his TV. You know, he did the making the band shows. You know, Dave Chappelle made so much fun of him. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and he kept a straight head. But, uh, I mean, you know, recently Diddy got into some trouble, got arrested. It wouldn't be the first time he had an encounter with the law. You know, back some years ago when he was dating um, Jennifer Lopez, they had the club shoot, which got Sean locked up. Uh, <laughs> You know, man, he 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 stayed hit fast, man, and he's 
he keep a bad chick on his arm. I ain't seen him with an ugly girl yet. Yeah, so, been with their cat, been with cancer for quite a minute. And even for a cat who really can't rap, he be on some tight songs, you know. Yeah, when he tip. yeah when he does come in, man, like if he if he ain't writing his Ghost Rider is he making sure the Ghost Rider writing him the hottest sixteen. I mean, shake your tail feather. He has some tight verses. Uh, I need a girl. He has some tight verses. He has the record with For Real right now called Get Loose, if you haven't heard yeah. that. Go check that out. I don't think it's entirely no rapping on that song. It's just nah, a dance nah. track. Yeah, it's a dance track. No, nah, but there's another track that I heard that he's on. Oh, um, Big Go Listen to Big Homie. You know, then you had the song Bad Boy for Life. He had a nice verse on there, you know, verses on there. So, you know, I'm going to salute Diddy. Sean John, Pub Daddy, I'm going to salute you, man, for staying head fast, still holding up for big all, after all these years. And much respect, my dog. Exactly. Exactly. All right, y'all. We have uh, come to a close for this episode of the Hip Hop Rejects. We want to remind you guys to make sure to go download this episode and any of the previous episodes of the Hip Hop Rejects on Podbean, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. And also make sure you guys send over your questions, any suggestions, reviews about the podcast, whether it be good or bad. Um, you can hit us up at on Twitter at the Hip Hip Hop Rejects, or you can go on Instagram and hit us up on there at the Hip Hop Rejects. Or if you guys have any you know questions, suggestions, or anything you want to see on the show, uh, you can also email us at the Hip Hop Rejects at gmail.com. and you can also look us up on Facebook at just search the Hip Hop Rejects. Make sure you like us on there. And leave us a comment about anything that you may see on our uh, timeline, guys. Right, man. You Like he said, you can leave us anything good or bad. We don't get in our feelings. We are not meek melissas. So we see it as con- constructive criticism. So anything you say that can help make us better, we're open to it. Exactly. We take all criticism in, instri- in stride. We're not sensitive. All right, man. So... Young, another one in the books, man. Yeah, man. It's late. I'm hungry. I'm finna go to sleep. All right, man. I can't eat. I got surgery in the morning, so. Hey, yo, don't they suck? <laughs> no, nah, not really, because I don't eat after. I don't really eat after nine, so it's not that bad. Well, I'm finna go. I'm finna go be a southern-born boy and go fix me a ham sandwich and drink some real sweet Kool-Aid. <laughs> All right. <man. laughs> All right, y'all be blessed. God bless. Y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all later on this week. All right, man. We out.
that money, honey, act like you know. Mama, I like how you dance, the way you fit in them pants. Into the flow, take it low, girl, do it again. You know I love that. Now where them girls at? It's Diddy Murphy, Lee, and Nelly, how you love that? Come on, we got another one player from New York to the dirty, how they loving it, play. Baby, you impressive, let's get to know each other, you the best of the best. You gotta love it in the dress, it's the sexiest. I had to tell her she's a young Janet Jackson, live and living color. Look at mama, you're dead wrong for having them pants on. Caprice cut low, so when you shake it, I see a thong. My pockets full of dough, shaking feathers to the moan. And it's bad boy and Nelly, man, somebody better want him. Take it low.